Hello, nature lovers. Do you love to read books like I do? I've always enjoyed reading books ever since I was a kid, especially books about nature. Unfortunately, as I get older, I find myself with less and less time to sit down with a good book. I've solved that problem with Audible. Audible allows you to listen to your favorite titles while you are driving at the gym, taking a walk, wherever you are. With all the latest titles, you'll have quite a selection to choose from. And they have podcasts, too. Start listening today with a free 30-day trial. To get your free 30-day trial, go to the show notes and click on the link. Happy listening. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. This is Paul. I'm your host, and today I want to wish everyone a happy Earth Day, um, Earth Day 2023. And I know if you're listening to this on the day it was released, it's not Earth Day. Earth Day is Saturday, April 22nd. Every single year falls on April 22nd, and this year it just happens to fall on Saturday. And this is being released on Thursday. I am actually recording it a few days before. So I'm going to wish you happy Earth Month. And if you're listening to this on Saturday, April 22nd, happy Earth Day. And you may wonder, what is Earth Day all about? You know, we celebrate it every year. Hopefully this isn't the first time you've heard of it. Earth Day is not a national holiday, believe it or not. Earth Day is just one of those days, but it's been around for more than 50 years. Yeah, it's been around for quite a while. Earth Day is a time to celebrate the Earth, to make a difference for the Earth, to understand what we are doing that harms the Earth and make a difference. So people celebrate in different ways. But you may be wondering, where did this whole Earth Day thing start? It started quite a while ago. It was actually 1970 was the very first Earth Day. You see, around that time, the late 60s, well, actually, we're going to talk even earlier than that, the mid-60s, there was a lot going on. There was... People back then, they really didn't think about what their actions were doing to the planet. You know, how things they did harm the planet. I mean, you jump in your car, you fill it with gas, you drive down the road, and you don't think that, oh, these pollutants from my tailpipe are actually doing a lot of damage to our environment. Catalytic converters, not a thing back then, you know. Um, cars were polluting. And it wasn't just cars, it was wasting energy. Yeah, people didn't think about that stuff. Um, chemicals in the environment. People didn't think about that stuff. You've got, what, bugs in your garden? You've got bugs on the plants? What do you do? Hey, just go to the hardware store and grab some DDT. That'll take care of it. Yeah, these are things that were not thought about. But there were some people who knew what was going on, knew that these things were harming the environment. And back in 1962, a woman named Rachel Carson 
actually was concerned about all of this and started researching it, found out what chemicals were being poured into our environment. I mean, these big companies were just taking these chemicals and dumping them. You know, it's like, hey, I've got all these waste chemicals from processes of what I'm making. I don't know what to do with them. I'm just dumping them. Yeah, dump them in the environment. And that's what they did. And she saw what was happening, and so she wrote a book about it. If you've never read Silent Spring by Rachel Carson, and you want to know how all this started, that's the book to read. Uh, and you're asking, well, Paul, did you read the book? Total honesty, I won't lie to you guys, you're my listeners, so I'll be honest with you. No, I didn't read the book. Well, I did read the book, but not the whole thing. I just got a little bored with it as I got near the end. And this is when I was younger. So, Silent Spring, I got through about two-thirds, three-quarters of it. Sorry about that disruption. Um, Rivia, my dog, is out walking with me. It's Earth Day. you got to spend Earth Day outside. One of the points of Earth Day is, you know, getting out with nature. But anyhow, back to the book. I went through about two-thirds of it, three-quarters of the book, and I never did completely finish it. Maybe someday I will finish the book, complete it. But I got the point. I understood what was going on. So this book kind of woke up the general public, people, the everyday person to, hey, guess what? We're harming our environment. We're doing damage to our planet by the simple things that we do, our lifestyle, and we should be making differences. Uh, a little side story, I used to paint houses for a living. Uh, one of my first jobs when I was very young and I painted houses for a living, eventually went off on my own and had my own house painting business for many years. Very successful, but I do recall going to this one lady's house once and we were um my my boss and i this is when i was painting for someone else my boss and i went to this lady's house to paint her house and she told us that the paint's in the garage so we went out to the garage and there on her shelf was all her gardening tools and her gardening items and and there in big bold letters like they're so proud of it on the side of this can with the label partially peeling off DDT for those of you who are not familiar with DDT that's one of the chemicals that Rachel Carson was talking about it's a chemical that gets into the environment so it works its way into the waterways which means that it's getting into the fish and the larger fish, and we're talking food chain here, larger fish eat smaller fish, bigger fish eat those fish, bigger fish eat those fish, birds of prey, um, herons, other birds start eating those fish, and eventually it's worked its way in a concentrated form up to these, you know, larger animals. And they have so much of this DDT in their system that it starts to affect their system. Now, it didn't kill them. For instance, bald eagles, 
they were eating all these fish and the DDT was concentrated in their system, it wasn't killing them. Okay, what it was doing was it was making the shells of their eggs very thin. Eagles, one of the reasons they became endangered was because the DDT made their eggshells very thin. So when they laid eggs, had babies, they sat on them to incubate them, keep them warm, and the weight of the, the mother bird basically crushed the egg. So it wasn't killing the adults. What it was doing is it was preventing them from having offspring. And that's why the numbers decreased with eagles and eventually it got so serious that they became an endangered species. So anyhow, that's what DDT is all about. That's what Rachel Carson's book kind of woke people up to. So let's fast forward several years. We're gonna to go to 1970. And a senator from Wisconsin, Gaylord Nelson, he knew all of this information about the environment, about what humans were doing to the environment, and he was concerned about it. He didn't want to see the planet get damaged anymore, and he knew that if we kept going and the way we were going, it would, things would just get worse. So he wanted to kind of jump on what Rachel Carson had started bringing awareness to people about what was happening with the way we treated our environment. So Senator Nelson decided that the best way to do this was to get college students involved. And so he got together with another senator who also had the same beliefs that he did about the environment. And he also got an environmentalist involved and some other people and they decided to plan to get college students from colleges across the nation involved in this to help them bring attention to basically what we were doing wrong and what we could do better. So the way he did this was to basically pick a day where all the colleges could do sit-ins, they could do protests, they could do marches, they could do basically whatever that college felt was the best for them to bring attention and awareness. Now because they were really close to summer break and they knew they'd lose all these college students at summer break and the momentum was there, they didn't want to lose the momentum, so they picked a day right before the summer break happened before all the students left for home and the day they picked was April 22nd and that became the first Earth Day. Now the first Earth Day did get quite a number of colleges involved and thousands of students involved and actually millions. Yeah, the word got around some of the news stations, media picked it up um, even without social media back then, word spread pretty quickly. And more people, even not college students, got involved. And the first Earth Day had millions of people that were involved in this and decided they were going to try and make a difference. So Senator Nelson actually exceeded his expectations with 
everything that he wanted to happen. Now, you may wonder, well, so did this really make a difference? Was he able to get enough awareness going on that people would start to take notice and would start to try to make things different? Well, I know the government did, because by the end of that year, by the end of 1970, the first Earth Day actually woke up some of the senators and congressmen, and they created the first EPA. So the United States Environmental Protection Agency was created in 1970 because of this. And also other environmental laws started to become in effect. Um, the National Environmental Education Act, the Occupational Safety and Health Act, Clean Air Act, Two years later, in 1970, Congress passed the Clean Water Act. A year after that, the Endangered Species Act. And soon after, the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide, and Rodenticide Act. So all of these laws came about because, well, the first Earth Day woke people up, who especially woke up the government to, hey, we need to do something. So that's what Earth Day has been all about. Now... Earth Day has grown throughout the years. And today, there's more than a billion, yes, not a million, like I said before, I'm talking B, billion people celebrating in more than 190 countries. Yes, it's spread, not just throughout the U.S., it's spread throughout the world. So that is how the Earth Day started and what it's become today. It has just grown even though, like I said, it's not a federally recognized holiday, it still is celebrated all over the world by billions of people. Now, Earth Day, uh, you're, you're probably thinking it's probably my favorite holiday. And I'm going to say, no. <laughs> it's, I like to celebrate Earth Month more. And I don't even celebrate. I just use the day to do what it was originally meant to do, spread awareness about the environment, about the issues that the environment is having with people, our conflicts, I guess you could say, with the environment. And uh, I use the day and the month to spread awareness, just as like it was meant to in the first place. But do I celebrate it like a holiday? No, because I celebrate Earth Day every day. I have a lifestyle that helps the environment as much as I possibly can. There are things I can do better. Every year I try to, you know, improve myself every time I start to think, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing that. I never realized how dangerous it was for envi the environment, how harmful it was. And I try to come up with alternative ways to do whatever that was that's harming it. So, in the spirit of Earth Day today, I always try to keep this podcast as more of an educational tool so that you can learn about the environment in your own backyard. But today, in honor of Earth Day, I am going to talk a little bit about some of the issues that are really harming the environment today in 2023 and some simple things you can do to make a difference. How you can change your lifestyle. That's the big thing. Changing your lifestyle. Uh, hopefully you do live an environmentally friendly lifestyle like I do. But 
lot of people don't. And even if you do, you could probably find some way to make a difference. Um, by the way, on my Instagram and Facebook page all this month, I have been posting every single day something simple that you can do to make a difference for the environment. So what are some of the issues today? And I'm going to try to make this as lighthearted as possible. Um, I don't want to depress anyone. So, But some of the things that are going on is, first of all, single-use plastics. I mean, there's a big, I don't know if you know about it, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, 7.7 square mile floating patch of plastics in the ocean. Yeah, the Pacific Ocean has this huge 7.7 square mile garbage patch. It's all the plastics. Plastics don't break down in the environment, not for thousands of years. Uh, some plastics probably never break down in the environment. They're an oil product. So anyhow, the plastics are getting in the environment and they work their way into the waterways, into the streams, down to lakes, eventually to the ocean. And there's the current, the vortex current in the ocean that gathers it all in one spot. And that's where all the plastics lie. So we are harming the environment. How many times have you been driving down the road and you see a plastic bag hanging on a fence or up in a tree or on a bush? Or You know, these are single-use plastics. Simple ways to prevent this. Stop using it. Stop using single-use plastic. And that's not just plastic bags. I know when I go to the supermarket, I take my cloth bags, my canvas bags. And even and it's not just the supermarket. I go into the hardware store. I go into whatever store I'm going into. I will take a reusable bag, one that I can use over and over again so that I don't have to use plastic bags. New York State has actually banned them. And, oh, I shuddered the other day. I went into my local supermarket to pick something up, and they were actually, they had a stack of plastic bags wrapped up, and they were selling them. It's like, oh, no, we're trying to encourage people not to use them. We shouldn't be selling them to people. Oh, boy. Yeah, they just don't get it, I guess. But that's one simple thing. Um, get some... Canvas bags, get some cloth bags, you know, bags that can be reused over and over again. Um, if you don't have any, you forget. I forget sometimes. I will just carry it out of the store in my hands if, I, if, if it's small enough, if it's carryable, we'll say. If I can't carry it out of my hands, I'll ask for a paper bag. You know, because a paper can at least be biodegraded or it can be reused. But these single-use plastic bags, they usually tear after a couple of uses. Another thing is, how about straws? When you go to a restaurant and they give you a plastic straw in your drink, it's taken me forever to remember to say when I order my drink, it's like, no straw, please. But I finally do. Um, I will drink out of the glass. I don't need a straw. If you're the type of person who prefers a straw when you go to a restaurant, when you have your drink, uh, get a reusable straw. They make the stainless steel straws and you can just carry that with you and whenever you go to a restaurant use your reusable straw. And also water. We complained about the price of gasoline. Did you know bottled water, if you think about it, costs a 
heck of a lot more than gasoline per gallon. Yes. So stop complaining about the price of gas if you're drinking bottled water. And if you drink bottled water, you also have the plastic container that it's in. All these plastic bottles. They're the ones working their way down to the ocean. So try not to use bottled water. If you don't have good water in your house, then get a filter. You know, filter your water. I, when I go hiking, I always make sure I take water with me. When I go hiking, I have my Nalgene bottle, my refillable bottle. And I have filtered water in my house because I have well water. It doesn't taste the greatest, but with the filter on, it takes, tastes great. And I just refill all my um, water bottles and take them with me. So try to avoid buying bottled water. So look at what you use that is plastic and single use that you usually toss in the recycle bin, toss in the garbage, and see if you can replace it in some way or another. Now, another thing is rainforest destruction. Yeah, rainforests are like the breath of the earth. The, there are so many plants and animals, high diversity in the rainforest. We get a lot of medicines from the rainforest. We get a lot of food from the rainforest. And yet we are destroying the rainforest. And you may say, well, I'm not doing it. It's the people down in the rainforest in these undeveloped countries and these developing countries that are destroying the rainforest. Well, it's not so much they're doing it because it's fun. They're doing it because of our needs. One of the biggest things is palm oil. Palm oil it comes from palms, and it's in just about every product we use, it seems. It's in food. It's in our shampoo. It's in our lotions. Palm oil is in our soaps, and oh, it's in so many things. Read labels. <laughs> you might scare yourself reading labels. You probably won't be able to pronounce half the stuff. You probably don't know what half the stuff is, but if you read labels, it makes you aware of what's in your products. And start looking for palm oil in your products. You're, you'll probably be amazed at how many products it's in. And what the problem is, is that they're cutting down rainforests so that they can create these palm plantations. Grow palm for palm oil because palm oil has become such a huge industry. And speaking of cutting down rainforests, yeah, they're cutting down rainforests also for agriculture to grow crops, and it's very poor soil. But they're trying, they're growing crops by cutting down the rainforest to clear a field, and they're also raising cattle there. So the next time you go to your fast food place and you buy a hamburger, you're contributing to rainforest destruction. I'm, I'm not going to get too preachy on this, but something that I do, simple thing, I read labels. I avoid any products with palm oil. I also am vegan vegetarian, okay? I'm not 100% vegan, close, but not quite. I am vegetarian. I won't touch meat. I won't go near any meat products, animal products. And the reason is because of health, environment, and animal cruelty but we're talking environment here and i don't want to contribute to rainforest destruction and one way that i make sure i don't is i won't eat meat 
at least if you're if you're one of those people who says, and I've heard it before, oh, I can't give up my my beef. It's like, well, yes, you can. You just don't want to. My suggestion is at least try cutting back on it. If you cut back on it, you're going to help the environment. So enough of that. Um, let's go on to the next one, which which is a big one. And so I'll leave this as the last one. I mean, there's a lot of different issues out there, but this is a big one, climate change. There's been, it seems like every time I turn on the news, there's a hurricane somewhere, there's a tornado somewhere, there's a major storm, flooding, drought. I mean, I'm looking at it as, oh, Mother Nature's getting back at us. <laughs> but yeah, climate change, it is happening. It's getting worse. And a lot of it is because of our high carbon footprint. If you've never heard that term before, look it up. You can actually go online and they have carbon footprint calculators. You can determine what your carbon footprint is. You just put in some information about how much water you use, how much energy you use, how you heat your home, all this different information, how far you drive, and it will give you your carbon footprint and suggestions on how you can lower your carbon footprint. And if I remember, I'll put the link to the carbon footprint calculator in my show notes today. And that's Rivia running through the dried leaves in the woods. I found a nice big rock in my woods that I always love just taking a break and sitting on and um, watching the trees go by. <laughs> watching, watching the world go by from my rock in the woods. So, and Rivia is getting impatient. She wants to move on, but she's going to have to wait a few minutes. Anyhow, back to climate change. So, lowering our carbon footprint. You see, we use a lot of fossil fuels. It's, it's built into the American society. It's not just America. It's other countries, too. But we are big hogs when it comes to fossil fuels. Tired of seeing these commercials about about natural gas and propane and how it's it's the fuel of choice it's clean under it's not clean energy okay it's it's dirty energy anyhow the fossil fuels that we use whether it's gasoline for running our cars um, natural gas to run our furnaces uh, whatever you use to heat your home to run your vehicles to it's causing pollution it's causing climate change the earth is warming the climate's warming the oceans are warming uh, it, it's causing a lot of problems we need to do something about it it's urgent and it's simple things I mean, there are some major things you can do, too. Like, I have a wind turbine. I have solar panels on my house. But you don't have to go that far. It would be nice if you can, but you don't have to. I mean, simple things to lower your carbon footprint. Things like making sure you turn off the, the lights when you leave a room. Uh, don't take such long showers. Lower your thermostat in the winter. You don't have to have it 80 degrees in your house. Raise your thermostat in the summer. Yeah, you don't want that air conditioner going on so often. Does it really need to be 60 degrees in your house in the summer? Eh, no, probably not. Usually they say about 72 to 75 you should set your thermostat at in the summertime. Try to regulate your thermostat for comfort, but also for the environment. Get a smart thermostat. 
that will help regulate it too. It'll allow your heat to go down when you're not using it as much, when you're not home or when you go to bed, and then it warms it up when you are home. Um, stop leaving the TV on constantly. I went over to a friend's house the other day and I was helping him out with some projects and two TVs were on in the house and no one watching them. I shut them off. It's like, you don't need to have them on. Light, you know, shut them off when you're not using them. And the last thing I want to mention about climate change is the way we drive. I mean, our vehicles, a lot of waste of energy. If you can, pull your trips. So don't make a trip down to the store for this and then make a trip over here for that. For, you know, hit everything in one trip. You know, pull your errands all into one trip. And that way you use less gasoline, less energy. You're not making a whole bunch of trips. Carpool if you can. And here's a big one, sorry. Um, if you are due for a new car, an upgrade, I mean, so many electric cars coming out now that get great mileage, so you can go quite far on them. So think about an electric vehicle. If not, go hybrid. You know, but get rid of these big gas-guzzling trucks and big gas-guzzling SUVs that, you know, we don't need them. We don't need them. So try to get a smaller vehicle. Enough about that. How are you going to celebrate Earth Day? How are you going to celebrate? Think about it. I usually will do a cleanup. Sometimes I'll walk up and down my road and clean up all the trash that the winter left behind. I always do that in the spring, but sometimes I'll do it just on Earth Day. So make Earth Day every single day. Start living a green lifestyle. Um, check out the check out the 30-day green living challenge on my YouTube channel and let me know if you make it through the whole thing and if you are trying all these or how many you're trying. Leave me a DM on my Instagram page if you if you do have a chance to. So, well, it's about time to get going. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a very good Earth Day. Get out and do something like a cleanup or um, go out and just take a hike. Enjoy Mother Nature. Maybe take someone with you that usually doesn't go hiking with you. Take the family out hiking. Go out hiking with a friend. Explore, wander through nature this Earth Day. Well, it looks like we've come to the end of our episode here. I hope you enjoyed wandering through nature with me. Make sure you bring a friend with you next time. Um, introduce them to the podcast, The More the Merrier, Wandering Through Nature. If you'd like to support the podcast, join my Patreon page. The link is in the show notes. Um, you can also show your support for the podcast by visiting my store. Again, that's uh, from my website. The link to my website is in the show notes. It's naturewanderer.org. You can also visit my Instagram page at the Nature Wanderer. Uh, underscores in between each one of the three words. And above all... Keep wandering through nature. Thanks and have a great day.